And we're rolling. How's it going? Claire Van rolling. Claire Van go, man. Claire Van go. Oh my god. Uh, jump in with the intro and then we'll talk about where we are because it's a great, beautiful setting. And uh, we'll talk about that. No more knee slapping. <laughs> yeah, you started the podcast out with the knee slap. Let me get a few knee slaps in to get this podcast rolling. <laughs> okay. South Bend Podcast. One man's journey to understand climbing and the climbing culture with his co-host, who occasionally answers knows the answers to his questions. Yes, I will. I will occasionally know the answer and also occasionally answer. <laughs> Both of those are okay. <laughs> Sometimes you like to ask me questions, and I'm like, I can't answer that. I think I've already know at least one that I'm about to ask you that you can't answer. Fair um, enough. You may you you can go ahead and ask me questions, and sometimes I'll just be like, I don't know, or I can't say. So let's let's talk about venue, because because normally we're in this nice little cushy room with like sound supporting walls that like prevent there from being any echoes or sounds, and people are going to hear something different this episode. Yeah, I don't understand why your tech company has a recording studio. Shh, I'm not supposed to be in my tech company. We're using the recording studio. Um, <laughs> Actually, I don't think anybody gives a shit. Um, <laughs> the the we you know had podcasts at one point or not podcasts, but we had like you know content that we wanted to record for videos, and so they had a nice little cushy room. I can understand that. I mean, like you make instructional videos on how a product works, and you want to yeah. have somebody talking in a nice, gentle voice without all the background noise of either you know sliding around on a cooler. Or, you know, hitting some of the wood or knocking one of the slides of the window. Like, whatever it may be that we would be affected by here. Um, can you do me a favor? Cause, cause you still I, haven't mentioned that we're in your van. We're in my van. Um, <laughs> can you do me a favor? Can you describe the surrounding? Because I can do it, but I've, I've helped build some of this. And I feel like I'm you know, a big part of this. And I'd, I'd rather hear your interpretation of the situation than just mine. I mean, it, uh, I, you know, I've been in a number of vans. And uh, this is definitely a pretty good-looking build. I like it. I, I, it's funny because I, I think that um, one of the like the most extensive build-outs that I've seen yeah. uh, was it must have been bigger than this because there was there was a lot going on in there. And uh, yeah. bigger how? Bigger, longer, bigger, taller? I think bigger, longer, and taller. It's both possible. Yeah, it was it was a big build out. It was a pretty sweet. So it was a this guy had a really nice uh, climber climber lifestyle uh, setup where he was. So so several things. First, this is a four wheel drive sprinter van, not a two wheel drive. So it's designed for me to go into kind of crazier conditions, um, and in doing so, I had to kind of take what they could give me in four wheel drive, and so I didn't have as many options. So I didn't get the high roof. This is a low roof four-wheel drive, and there are several wheelbases. There's like a 144 and then a 170, which is, you know, significantly longer. Mm-hmm. Um, the 144 pretty much fits in a parking spot, like it is parkable. The 170 at that point, you really need to start f- finding special parking for it. So that would have been another challenge. So that's that's why I chose the van that I did. Um, but yeah, I, I made some trade-offs. Also, I don't, at this point in my life, I don't plan on living in the van Entirely, like I spend weekends in it, and I'll go out camping or I'll go out doing other fun things, but I don't intend to live here forever. And I definitely think if I did, I'd need more space. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I was talking about somebody who was definitely living in his van. Yeah, you know, he had a nice fridge, full, you know, stovetop to cook stuff. I think he had an oven. He would bake. He would bake stuff. 
Yeah, no, there are people who have ovens. In fact, this thing comes with a, my stove is an alcohol stove, comes with an oven companion that you can get. Um, one of the guys at the gym has that. Damn it! Another knee slap. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a great stove, and the, and the oven seems pretty functional. I just, I don't bake very much, so when I go out, I mean, I pretty much want to make eggs and stuff that I can cook on the top, so. Yeah. I wonder if we should do the podcast standing up. That way you won't have a knee to slap. In this van, it would be very painful. Maybe in future episodes. Um, so a couple of highlights for me about the van that you did not call out. One, I have a very luxurious mattress in my van. Um, I went a little crazy and, and bought a Casper mattress, which is like this very high-end mattress. We've been through this in a previous episode. But I bought the full size, and it didn't fully fit, so I had to cut it down. So I went to the House of Foam. And shaved off 10 inches so that it fit horizontally. The other thing that I'm really proud about, and you may may or may not notice, is that we have cedar paneling. So, like, it, it kind of has, like, a different kind of smell than the normal. I really, I'm into kind of the wood feel. Uh, that's really the reason why I built out my van. I could have gone and bought, like, a Winnebago or something like that, but all of those are plasticky with no character, and I wanted wood. Um, does the wood make your van a lot heavier? And therefore reduce your gas mileage is that a consideration that you the gas mileage the gas mileage on this has been pretty imp- impressive so i haven't i haven't worried about that my gas mileage is somewhere around uh 18 19 mm. 20 it's a turbo diesel so it's even you know it's cheap fuel it's not you know super expensive fuel it's harder to find but gas mileage isn't a concern in terms of weight yes it definitely adds weight but i'm not sure if it's significantly much the water weighs way more so i have a 35 gallon water tank and that's Pretty damn heavy, because you know it was eight pounds per gallon or something like that. Do you strategize when you go on trips in terms of uh, like, would you try to fill up at your destination in order to conserve some fuel on the way there, or do you fill up your water tank at home, just drive your thirty-five gallons of water somewhere? Most of the second thus far, but I mean I've also only really been so the van came together really quickly. I purchased it I think in the end of June, built out a fair bit of it in July because I in July or sorry I think I bought in July, built out July and August, went to Burning Man in the van, not completely built out but pretty much built out, and then we came back and we put the rest of it together. Um, still have a couple little pieces left to do. Um, I'm not going to claim that I'm the expert. I will give all credit to Walker who really did a fantastic job in putting this together um, and making it a place that I can, you know, feel like home. But uh, but I definitely, you know, I had some saying, like, kind of how we design these things. And I think, I, we, we talked about this before, but I think having a van is really a great thing uh, in terms of being very mobile. You can get where you want to go. You can do the things that you want to do. Um, yeah, I like my van. It's cool. All right. Uh, yeah, go for it. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, quick climbing updates. What have you been climbing? Not much. Did uh, you get the jailhouse route? I haven't been back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, doing more cardio, working out more, and uh, what was we t- we last, t- last time? Oh, I did like a group fitness class, I think, right before our, our last time we talked, and I was so wrecked from that, Is- so sore that I... I bailed on going climbing because I just, I like felt like I, I felt like actually my lower back was so sore. I was worried that I was like going to struggle like driving a couple hours to get yeah. somewhere. Um, it's a group fitness class today. It is. So it is one that is today. What on, time? On Saturdays at 10. Oh, we're going to miss that. 
Well, I'm gonna be working. Okay. So. Too bad. Maybe maybe next time I'll come back. But anyways, we're doing a short week here in terms of podcast because I'm gonna be gone for a couple of weeks. Ah, uh, yeah. So where you have, are you going? Uh, I'm going home. Uh, to uh, Westport, Connecticut, which is where my family is, but I'll be working in Manhattan, so it'll be fun. I get to take the train in with my dad. Uh, I can't really take too much vacation because I've already taken so much this year, so I really have to work while I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to go home. One of my brother's wives uh, is due over Thanksgiving break, so I'm hoping to meet my first niece, and I'm really excited about that. Speaking of nieces, you just showed me an adorable picture of, of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, was dressed as a as a rabbit with like these really ears and a very uh, well. How would you describe the stance? Sassy. Sassy. Okay. Which fits with my niece. She's a, <laughs> she is a sassy girl. <laughs> how old is your niece? Five. Five. Okay. Yeah. Very cute picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, anyways, yeah, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go climb at this gym in Fairfield. Uh, they I do not like their walls. Um, what don't you like about them? They're very, um, they're very thin walls. So like, I feel like our walls, like the walls here at this gym, like you put your foot on the wall and it doesn't bend for you. I feel like they're, all of their walls are built with three quarter inch plywood. And so like when you step on it, like they bend, they don't really have like good, I feel like the, the, the texture of the wall isn't as good as the the wall here. And I don't feel like I can put as much weight into it because I'm afraid of the stability of the wall. Mm. Granted, the last time I climbed there was probably, that was probably a year ago. Maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. We'll see how you think now. Uh, is, is it like home? Did they build their walls themselves or is it Waltopia? I definitely think they built their walls themselves. Okay. And I, and not only that, but the, the roots that they sit on the East Coast tend to be a little bit stiffer. So like over here, I'll climb a 10C and not be worried about it. But over there, I'm climbing like a like a 5.9. And either their, their setting is not right or, or there's not setting not right, but their setting is a little weird or difficult for me. Um, or there, it's just stiffer. I don't know. One of those two. I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, whenever you encounter a style of climbing that's different from what you're used to, whether that be indoors uh, and you're just used to the way setting goes at that one particular gym, or whether you go outside and you get on a style or a type of rock that you've never been on before, mm-hmm. like all of that stuff can make a significant difference and take a while for you to get used to it. So. So our holds are. Does the size of hold help determine cost? Because the the feeling I got from this was that the holds were really really small, and it it makes sense that this gym this gym is kind of like part of a sports complex. It's not its own facility in terms of like climbing. I don't know how big the culture is, but the holds just were really really small, and that for me was something I hadn't been training. I mean, yeah, the bigger the hold, the more it costs. So that's that's okay. for sure. Uh, a thing. <laughs> I mean, like you can't can't argue with that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think you should just forget about numbers and just do climbs. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to climb with my brothers. We, as I have brought up earlier, we used to climb together. So it's really pretty exciting to go back and climb with them. But yeah. all right. Uh, so you haven't been climbing. You, you do. I mean, I've been climbing a little bit in the gym. Okay. Uh, Anything fun? Do you have a shout-out to give to one of your awesome route setters? No, I mean, actually, uh, I got to hang out with the route setters while they were forerunning the boulder problems on the set that they put up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they uh, were tolerant of my presence and my occasional offering of opinions. 
Well, that's very nice uh, of them. So uh, I appreciate them very much, and uh, I I think they do an awesome job. Ton of really fun stuff that they put up. Um, so I'm always happy when they throw up a new set and I get to play around and try some cool new moves. I think I think what's really interesting for me is as I as I continue to climb setters and setters spend more time setting, like as they grow in their career setting, you can kind of see a development of of personality and development of style, and then also a, ma- a maturation of the style. So, for example, uh, John Dennery, who's one of my favorite setters, he I call him Wall Wall Yogi, because everything I feel like he sets is Wall Yoga. It's it's very creative. But it was when I first started climbing stuff, it was really very hard, and I couldn't I couldn't find my way through it. As he's been setting more and more, I'm starting to develop a path and see what he's doing. And it's it's also like I feel like I'm getting better at climbing his style, but I also feel like his style has matured to the point where it's like. It's not all about just the crazy moves. It's it's some of it's about positioning, but it's also just a really well defined climb at this point. So, yeah, I think that as people become more mature as setters, they start to learn. Like you know, they always have kind of movement that is preferential to them. Yeah. Uh, but then you know, being able to both understand as a as a setter, you sort of you have to picture what someone what would flow for someone at a much lower strength level, both in terms of like grip strength, pulling power, but also all the core strength. Like yeah. these guys have amazing, a lot of them are really, really strong, have amazing core tension. Um, John Downey, for example, is super, super strong on pinches. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's very impressive, but you know, he, obviously has developed as a setter and has learned to understand you know what can be comfortable and flowy for someone who's not as strong on pinches as him you know he might just grab a pinch and be able to do like just lean way out from the wall and you know step his foot super high and then pull back into the wall on it Uh, and he might be able to do something like that and have it not even feel very difficult Right, but then you know someone who is climbing and that that grade level that they're aiming for is at their limit. You know, you know he has to recognize that this is hard for someone who right. doesn't doesn't grab that hold and feel the same way that I do. Um, and it seems like that uh, you know your experience is that he's recognized things like that and is able to build flow into the movements that he's setting up there. I really like a, a vast majority of his things. I do too. Yeah, I'm really getting into them. Um, so I climbed three days this week. I'm pretty excited about that. I actually got even some lead-in on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my regular climbing partner is <laughs> pregnant, and so she won't, we, won't, we won't do lead climbing cause, just because it's not safe. Um, but on, on Friday, I, I grabbed a different climbing partner for the day. Somebody asked me to come in and climb. And so I was pretty worn out because I climbed Thursday, but I got in to do some lead, and it was fun. And then I did some endurance and stuff. I was trying to channel my inner Evan coach and did a 6-7-8 run, where I didn't really come off the wall. I just did 6-7-8 to try and build up some endurance, which was nice. And I did a little bit of crack. Like, I'm still not at the point where my crack, the feet in the crack is really comfortable for me, but at least I was doing some hand jams, which is, you know, step in the right direction. Yeah. And the feet in the crack thing isn't very comfortable and I mean you can kind of get used to it right and uh, you know both with hands and feet in the crack the more that you place something the right way securely um, and use it and uh, don't apply 
more pressure than is needed, just the right amount, um, all those things that kind of come with some experience of it, yeah. that's when that stuff gets easier. And then, um, you know, sometimes you just, you get a jam and it hurts and you just, you use it and you move on. <laughs> try and find one that doesn't. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, but it was good to get, to get some practice on that. Yeah. Okay. Gym updates. I know that there's a bunch of sales going on. What are, what are the sales? I need my holiday shopping guide updated. Uh, well, we're doing seven weeks of sales Ooh. running from November 1st through December 24th. Uh, and we started off with two weeks of rope sales. So are we at the end of that? Huh? Are we at the end of that or do we have another week? We are getting to the end of it because really? it started November 1st. Oops. So, um... And then uh, we're cycling through a lot of the major categories of stuff that we sell in our retail area. Packs, clothes, uh, protection, which might be interesting to a lot of people. We're like going to... Cams, nuts, blah, blah, blah. When's the cam sale? Are we going to have a chance to chat before that? Or is this like our last chat before that? In terms of on on the podcast or, yeah. or off the record? No, on the podcast. I don't know. You said you're gonna be away. I'm gonna be away till the 29th. Yeah. Well, we can do this over Skype. Oh. I've done it. Okay. Do you use this the same microphone? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can talk about the mechanics of it at another time. Okay. All right. All right. Interesting. All right. I'm open. But uh, yeah. So anyways, yeah. I'm starting to think about putting together a trad rack. So that would make that makes sense to kind of get in on that. Is there anything you're particularly excited? Do you get do you get to do you get deals on sales as a employee or uh as an employee of planet granite like most places that are retailers uh you know you have the option to um purchase things from directly from the retailer Ah. Uh, sorry directly from the uh manufacturer uh and there's like a good reason for it right they want you to have your products and use their products and know their products so that way you can better sell them to people yeah. And so they offer a fairly steep discount to encourage you to own their products, which seems to work fairly well, you know. A lot of a lot of us will get stuff, we pay a relatively low amount um to buy it and then, you know, when someone asks us questions about it, we're like, "Man, I have this and I love it." And all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, that's that's a really strong recommendation. That in person, this guy right in front of me says that he loves it and can tell me why." Okay. And then so so yeah, these the sales that we have uh, don't help you. They don't really help me cuz uh my discount, the discounts that I get on that stuff are already pretty high. Okay. And fair higher than what we have on sale. And I I haven't really been buying very much in the way of gear recently. Okay. Like I you know, I've been climbing for a while now and I've been doing outdoor activities backpacking hiking mountaineering that kind of stuff um, for longer and I'm I'm pretty well stocked on supply like you know the kind of gear that I buy so occasionally I'll buy like one little extra piece here or there or maybe I'll be like oh I want I really want a pack that's good for this but even that stuff I've kind of picked up like I don't think I've purchased any gear this year is there anything you're hoping for underneath your Christmas tree? Uh, no. Okay, I think I'm getting you socks. Just, just forewarning you. I can always, I can always get socks. Socks are good. Um, 
Okay. Anything else going on at the gym other than these awesome sales? I mean, I don't know anything in particular that comes to mind off there the top is, of my head. I have one other thing. You can see the South Beta Podcast card, you know, on the community board. We, uh, we I posted the, one of the business cards on the community board. It's like really small, and you. Have to I was going to say I think this the the business cards that you got are maybe smaller than the key tags that we hand out people. For, Definitely. For, for barcodes to che- do self check in. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to notice that. <laughs> they might think it's the uh, label for the manufacturer of the cork board. <laughs> I just want to point out that based upon the numbers of downloads from last week, I think we definitely are growing in podcast audience to at least seven. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, you keep producing content and, uh, you know, eventually people find it. Okay. So I, I guess today, right into the kind of directed conversation that I want to have. I know you love that phrase. Uh, I want to talk about different different types of climbing and kind of what they're good for and maybe risk factors because some of that is stuff I understand. Some of it is stuff I, I wish I knew the relative risk factor. So so maybe what we can do is we can go through the different types of climbing. We can talk about what it is and then you can tell me like risk category. This is a, a you know, let's do a t-shirt size, small, medium, large, extra, large, extra, small, whatever you want. Okay. In terms of, in terms of you know, one, really hurting yourself and two, maybe even like catastrophic injury we'll talk about those things because i mean that's the thing and if you're uncomfortable talking about that that's fine but i for me that's 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 no we can we can talk about any of that i'm open to that so uh here's my list the first you know bouldering what is bouldering good for uh bouldering in terms of so I, i think bouldering is a really powerful tool to build your technique uh sort of just on a individual movement level right so a lot of times if you're if you're bouldering and you're like trying to push your limits with it um you can build uh you can build strength you can build power um but most of all you know you try these movements that are at your physical limit for an individual movement right right and so what happens with that is that you have to really find the most efficient way for your body to move through that and you can do that by trying to move over and over and trying different things, but also, you know, especially if you're in a gym setting, but also outdoors at popular locations, there's often other people around and they might be climbing on the same thing you're climbing and you can talk to them and see how they do it. You can watch what they do. You can try to learn from what they do and then mimic it. You can ask like what they're, what they're focusing on when they do it. And like that, um, social aspect to it, um, both in terms of, you know, is, is really good for learning yeah. uh, and learning your movements. And then what happens is that once you have, once you've got drilled into your mind, like, you know, ah, man, I had to like really do this move. I had to drop my knee down and turn my hips super hard into the wall. And you do this movement and like you do this extreme version of it. This is the most extreme thing that you can physically do yeah. of that type. Then you'll go out and try it. Uh, you know, maybe you'll go back to the gym or a sport climb somewhere else, and you'll approach a move where the the holds are oriented similarly, and it's not as extreme. But if you do that same movement, you apply that same technical principle. Right. You might just find that that move is relatively easy, and and 
when your other option before would have been to just kind of like pull harder right. to get through it. Instead, you're using this footwork technique or body positioning technique that all of a sudden makes that move flow and makes it simple. And so I think bouldering really enhances and refines the techniques that you can add to your toolbox. And plus, it's just fun to try to do things that are like really at your physical limit um, in the gym. Often, like, you just don't worry about falling. There's like uh, the consequences, you know, the chances of bad consequences can be very low. Um, yeah. You know, proper use of a spotter and good falling techniques, stuff like that. Um, you know, the. So- can I ask a question about this? Because yeah. I haven't found bouldering to be this way, but some people I know consider bouldering to be pretty social. I find it to be kind of the opposite of that. Um, why do you, Why has that been your experience? Because uh, normally when I go bouldering, it's because I don't have a climbing partner, and I'm normally in there, and I'm normally by myself, and I'm really focused on kind of going through these movements. And it's not that I'm not friendly with other people. I'm always pretty friendly. It just doesn't feel like a natural social environment. Like when you're stuck on a wall and you're belaying somebody, you're forced next to somebody, you can have a conversation. Hmm. I mean, I think that's a you issue. Like, uh, okay. you know, you, there's all kinds of people there. They're all working on similar stuff. Like, it, it might be that when you, I don't know, do you feel self-conscious when you're bouldering? Yeah, I, okay. defi- I definitely do. In terms of skill level, so like at the, I mean, I still feel not very skilled when I'm doing like top rope or leading, but um I feel particularly underskilled because I'm climbing like the basic basics in bouldering. I'm doing V V zero, V ones, V twos, maybe a V three here and there. Yeah, but there's I mean there's other people who are in the same boat as you. So I would I would try to let go of your self consciousness and talk to those people. And okay. if you're struggling, so there's you know there's always people that are like trying to figure out how to do a V two. Okay. I mean, in my experience. Okay. Um, so risk factor is pretty low in bouldering, like a small size. I mean, the thing is, is that we're going to talk about risk factors in climbing, and then you know the 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 risk factor, the risk of serious injury or death is there all the time in all these activities. I mean, the risk of serious injury or death is there crossing the street. Like, it's true as well. But I mean, like, relatively speaking, to other like to, I mean, if you want to talk about bouldering, right? Um, you know, every fall you take bouldering is a ground fall because you're not being caught by a rope. Right. Okay. So that in and of itself has a risk factor associated with it. Yes, you may land on a pad, but you know you are landing on the ground all the time. Yeah. Whenever you fall. No, I mean I, this is. I think you're putting words to what I feel, which is for me, bouldering scares me a little bit more than some of the other climbs. That's fair. I mean, I, I know people who find bouldering to be the most comfortable thing, and they're very scared of the ropes. Yeah. Um, and other people who are like rope climbing only, bouldering is scary. I'm in between. I like both. I need to spend more time bouldering. I need to get stronger. Okay. Top rope. Top rope climbing. What does, what does top rope climbing mean? It's, I'm tied into a knot and then it goes to the top of the climb and then comes back down to my belayer. That's it. That's, that's top rope climbing. What I mean, top rope climbing is the, I mean, of all the of all the types of climbing that you talk about, I think, you know, top rope climbing is probably the least risk of injury. Okay. I mean, you, your risk is either, uh, you know, belayer error or anchor failure, rope failure, equipment failure. And, and, you know, if you, you know, 
are doing things properly and checking to make sure you have redundancy and make sure your all your equipment is set up properly and in good working order, then uh, and then you you know observe proper belay practices. You know things should should be fine. Yeah. It's not to say it can't. Nothing can go wrong because that's obviously not the case. Yeah, I mean, the, the, but that is it is the one. If you're talking about risk factors, that's probably the the least. Got it. Um, so I I mean top roping is uh, the place where most people feel most comfortable starting out. Okay. Um, in terms of in terms of like so, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this. So the marching we have a marching band in the background. Um, minutes I gotta work at 9.45 okay so uh, in terms of top roping do you find that it's good for um, like pushing your limits because I feel like that's what I feel like that's what I tend to do on top rope I tend to try and climb stuff that's like like that's where I define my actual grade for climbing like my actual grade of climbing is like I will do a 10D or a 10C because I'll do it on top rope I'll lead an A or B, but I'm I'm and I'll try an eleven A on top rope, but I will not do that on lead easily. Sometimes I will, but I really don't like to. So, um, you know, top rope is the least mentally challenging form of climbing, I would guess. Okay. Right, because you know you don't really have a risk of a fall. You just kind of sit down on the rope, whatnot. Um, Personally, I don't top rope very much. Really? No. Um, and I, um, I do not have any uh, difference in the level of difficulty that I will climb on lead versus top rope. So do you think that's just because, like, how do I get there? Do I just climb more lead? Do I get more comfortable on lead? Yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta do more of it. You gotta, f- um, you gotta try more. You gotta become comfortable with falling. And that that's the thing. Like if you, you know, that's what your issue is, right? If you find that you're climbing harder on top rope than you are on lead, the answer, you know, sometimes can be endurance because you don't have to stop and clip while you're on top rope. So endurance can become a factor. But if if it's the movements, you're like, oh well, that's a movement that I'll do on top rope, but I won't do it on lead. That's a that's a you and a fear of falling kind of thing, There's and maybe not trusting the belay, not trusting the lead lead climbing system, yeah. maybe even not trusting yourself and that you've done everything correctly. Um, but if you want to climb those movements, climb that difficulty on lead, you just have you have to do it. Okay. And you know, like pers- like I said, you know, I don't climb any harder on top rope than I do on lead. Yeah. There's maybe stuff that I would not do on lead because of the way that it's set up. Yeah. Um, I would only want to do it, you know, if I was roped up some other way. But, you know, that's that's not really what we're talking about. So uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to run out of time. We're going to turn into a pumpkin pretty quickly. I think the other the other question that I've got is um, I want to I, I think I have a misconception of what aid climbing is. I want to know what aid like what aid climbing really is. Do I what is it? Let's start with that. What how do you define aid climbing? Well, aid climbing is uh, well, let's define what free climbing is. So, free climbing is climbing up the wall um, and your upward progress is your hands and feet and body touching the rock. 
Um, okay. There's no uh, weighting of the rope at any time. Mm-hmm. There's no pulling on, you know, things that aren't rock. Um, you know, all that. That's what free climbing is. Basically, all of your upward progress is from you and your hands and your feet in the rock. Okay. Um, aid climbing is upward progress using things that you might bring with you. Like, if you place a nut in the wall and then you hang on it and then reach up and place a nut higher in the wall and then you pull on that to help yourself move upwards. And that's a very simple... Right. Uh, you know, way to describe it, but like pa- placing the kind of stuff that you would use to protect yourself, um, and then using at that to gain upward progress. Um, and then obviously there's a wide array of equipment, wide array of equipment that people would use mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, attach, you know, to uh, attach to the rock and allow them to gain upward progress. I mean, aid climbing is the way people originally did. Um, most most things, um, you is, know, way back when. Is climbing a rope, like like jugging up a rope, is that considered aid climbing to an extent? Uh, it's a part of aid climbing, but, like, uh, you know, like... Aid climbing is so much more than that, is what you're trying to tell me. Oh, absolutely, because, yeah. you know, how is that rope up there? Somebody went up there and put it up there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the aid climber is the one that goes up and puts it up there. Like, uh, you know, you, I don't think... Uh, I mean, most people would not consider rope ascending as just... They wouldn't say, like, oh, I went aid climbing today and just climbed a rope. Like, no, you practiced jugging today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, you know, you were you were jumaring today. Like, whereas aid climbing is, you know, ascending a rock pitch that there is no rope up on. Right. And doing it, you know, non-free, but still ascending it. So I think there are other topics within these categories of climbing that I'd like to find out about, but we're gonna, like I said, we're going to turn into a pumpkin. Um, any parting Thanksgiving wisdom for me and or anybody else who's going out climbing before the holidays because Thanksgiving is coming up? Don't eat turkey before you climb. The tryptophan will put you to sleep. Like anything else? Uh, Thanksgiving related? I don't know if I have anything other than uh, if you don't already have reservations for a campground or something like that, you better get there on Tuesday okay. rather than on uh, on Wednesday night because uh, if you're going out for that weekend, it's a super, super popular weekend. And the, the fact that it gets cold yeah. uh, this time of year really starts to reduce the number of um, places that are available for climbing. Okay. Um, and so that kind of trims down on things. I will say, though, that my experience has been that your local crags are really empty on Thanksgiving Day. People tend to take that long weekend and go for destination crags. So, so you see a lot of people from here going to Jay's Joshua Tree, Tree yeah. or Bishop or, yeah. uh, you know, people. There will definitely be a ton of people out at Waco. Um, Where's all Waco? Those, uh, Texas. Okay. Um, not W A C O, but H U E C O. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you know those those popular destinations like that are going to be pretty packed, um, and you should have made plans already at this point. I'm going home. I'm, I'm not going to be climbing there. I'm going to be climbing at a little gym. Hopefully, it's not snowing the whole time. Yeah. Um. Ah, right, thanks, man. Really appreciate the chat. Uh, do you want to do you want to do your token exit? Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's still funny to me. Like I'm, st- I'm still, I still live for this. Come on, let's go.
Uh, what is it? The South Beta podcast is 415 pounds, uh, steadily decreasing pounds of rock climbing power. <laughs> With a knee slap. Okay. Of course. Rock jacks for life. <laughs>